All right, so I'm putting you on the spot. So uh, last year I sold nine houses. Yep. I did uh, $7 million in sales and I am at uh, two closed and no escrows right now. And it's almost July 1st. Yep. Ring, ring, ring. Hello. Hey, Tom, this is Lisa with Chinati Realty. How are you? Hey, 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 Lisa, what's going on? Well, listen, Tom, I'm reaching out because I know that you are a super successful agent in the greater Boston area. I know last year you had an amazing year and we've got a really great opportunity that's opened up as our lead generation has really increased heading into the summer market. Something that I've been hearing from agents much like yourself is that if you only had more opportunities directly face to face with somebody who's looking to buy or sell in today's market with the rates where that where they're at, that that would be beneficial to you. Would you be open to a conversation about how this could help you? I'm, are you recruiting me right now? Is this like a recruiting call? Potentially, if I can have, if I have some options that will help you increase your business, earn more money and potentially have a little bit more fun, would it be worth five or 10 minutes? Now for my listener, I was literally sitting there thinking about what would it be like to have had seven paychecks and be sitting here in June, having a conversation with my wife and kids about summer plans. I've only had two closings. I have no listings. I have no escrows. And, and I just, that, just that I was just staying in that. And you're like, and there's just an opportunity opened up leads appointments. It's hard to say no to that. What are the most, what are the most common objections you get with a line like that? Like, or an opening statement like that? So here's the thing, entrepreneurs, leaders, salespeople, we all wanna create consistent, repeatable, and scalable ways to grow our business and our income. And we wanna do it better, faster, and more seamlessly. Why? So we can actually enjoy our lives, take vacations, and spend the quality time we want with the people that we love. How do we do all this without spending a fortune or running ourselves ragged? That's the big question, and this show is dedicated to the answer. Has there ever been a time when you heard myself or someone else you respect? I hope you respect me. Uh, you're watching my show, you must. Has there ever been a time when you heard someone look you directly in the eyes and say, I am talking to you, you need to do this, and you just didn't hear it? You just didn't hear it. But maybe just after a couple of nights of sleep or maybe having some conversations with friends, all of a sudden you realized, hey, she or he was talking exactly to me. Well, that was a moment that you and I had. Say hello to my friend, Lisa Chinati. Uh, it's like third or fourth time on the show. Ish. Ish. February of this year, I was standing in front of several thousand of our clients and I was saying to them, this is going to be a hard year. Now, everything about real estate in a good market or a bad market is hard, but we are now in a cycle called high interest rate, incredibly low inventory, mixed with 60, 70% of the people that have a mortgage have a three on it to start and 40% of Americans have no mortgage at all. Translate that to your numbers around the world, that this is going to be a hard work. And if you have the audacity to think that you're not going to have to work harder, make more phone calls, be more disciplined, apply more effort every single day, then you're going to struggle in this market. And you, my friend, said what while I was saying this? Uh... I mean, the journey of it, yeah. I had, I'm going to go back a little bit further. I'm going to go. go to October. Go. Yes. Team yes. In October. And I remember you saying, you've got to make your calls. You've got to do this. You've got to do that. And there were pieces of 
the you've got to do this, you've got to do that, that I took away and implemented. Yes, yes the, always. The very personal ones. Yes. Um, more about like personal development and less about professional development. Yeah. And in October, I was listening under the lens of, I don't do that anymore. I've achieved a certain level. I've hit a certain point and that doesn't apply to me anymore. Yes. And so in February at the elite event, ugh, I, I think it was like the second day and I don't remember what the exact moment was and I don't remember what the exact verbiage was, but it was a giant oh four letter word moment lightning rod bang totally yeah. it was just it was the way that you said it or something about it and i was like holy cow that really does apply and uh -huh. if i don't internalize this and if i don't take action uh -huh. i'm going to be in trouble so give the listener context right you have this wildly successful team ridge right janati real estate group at, yep. at that at that point in february how many agents did you have on the team I think it, in February, Ish. it would have been like 70 to 75. Okay. So still by most people stretch, like a, a, that's a good size office, 100%. right? It's a good size yep. team. Right? It's, a, it's an enormous team. It's a good size office. Yep. And the point that I was trying to make, and for you listening, it is acknowledging that, again, we're in a cycle right now. Real estate's only about two things, population growth and cycles. We've got no issue with population growth pretty much in most you know countries around the world. Like we're, we're having more and more kids, more and more people moving. The challenge we have is we have this challenging cycle. Yep. And what I was trying to express to you, and then I want you to unpack what you did, because that's really the magic here, is that if you're not willing to do the extra effort, Correct. right? If you're not willing to say, this is for me. I get memed all the time now, Lisa. Like, you know, literally had a funny one a couple of days ago. Someone like, you know, every time Tom Ferry says, make my phone calls. And like, I think they had like three bottles set up and they were like, whoo. <laughs> and they're like, we know, we know we're supposed to make our, but you know, like, like I love it. They're making fun of me for saying, if you don't work in this environment, you're going to be in trouble. And I'm just speaking the truth. What did you personally start to do? And let's talk about the sort of reimagining of your schedule, yep. your work life, like what you had to do. So talk to us. Well, so it was, I think, understanding that there are still, I, so I was coming at it of the lens of, I pay people to do all of these different things, yes. right? Like there's salespeople. I have people that do recruiting for yes. me. Yes. I have people that do all these different things. And typically I, I think that they're better than me, yes. which is why they have these jobs. Right, right, and so right. I was drunk monkeying that like, I don't have to sell. I don't have to recruit. I don't have to whatever, but this goes back even further from the the business owner perspective yes. of understanding that in my business, my my first level client is my agent. Yes. And how I really move the needle in the company is through increasing my first customer, yes. which yes. is agents, yes. agent count. Help them sell more houses and bring in more people. Right. Yep. And so it was this epiphany that make your calls, maybe isn't call the buyers and call the sellers. Correct. But make your calls is make sure you're growing your your company. Yes. Make sure you're keeping yes. what it, where our baseline income comes from healthy and sustainable. Right. So, and again, for the person listening, that was that was beautiful. It is, I'm not saying to you cold call. I'm saying to you, when you shake the tree somewhere in Apple Falls, but if you're hungry and you're not shaking the tree, that's on you. Correct. Always and forever. Yep. My young son, Stephen, who you know, uh, said to me, hey, dad, what would it take for me to be on stage? And I said, you haven't done anything yet. He's like, whoa. And I said, what, Lucky Supper Club, like whatever spoon club, like last name. I don't think so, kid. What are you going to do? 
what are you going to do to earn that spot? And he said to me, well, what would I have to do? I said, you have to make 200 outbound calls a day and book eight to nine appointments every single day as an SDR for my team. And even then, I'm not sure if three months warrants even one second on that stage. Maybe in two years, when you've now done 100,000 dials, you will now have the emotional intelligence to understand he's been doing it every single day right? Good for him. You took on that same challenge. So you went from a very busy executive schedule, meetings and trainings and got a minutes and working with managers and looking at spreadsheets and all these great things that have helped you run this great business. So now you're spending three hours a day on the phones? Every single day. Please unpack that for us. What does that mean you're on the phone three hours a day? Well, so a few things. I think part of this kind of thing has been a journey in leadership for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's been kind of understanding I have totally changed my thought process about what it means to be a leader. Mm -hmm. I've changed my thought process about how people kind of, hmm, what my whole company thinks about what I do. So the first thing that I did was I committed to doing my power hours on the floor with my agents. And so I moved out of my office and I sit on the floor probably five hours a day at very least right now. Mm in the middle with all of my agents and we're laughing and we're joking and I'm AirPods in or headset on Mm -hmm. in my CRM from the recruiting perspective, right? right. right? But even starting before that, I role play five days a week on my drive to the office. I've got a great group of role play partners and we're role playing recruiting scripts. Yes. Um, And then getting to the office and really being very intentional, much like an agent with buyers and sellers, about understanding who to call, what conversations to have, nurture campaigns and the cadence of conversation and you know, phone calls, text messages, emails, social media like outreach and all of that mm-hmm. kind of stuff mm-hmm. uh, to the end goal of booking strong appointments with people who are going to be aligned with where we can help them right. or with what we're, we're doing. Right. right. Um, and just holding myself really accountable to my own KPIs. So in February, you had 72 to 75 agents. As we sit here and record this, it's almost the end of June going into the second half of the year. How many agents do you have in the business now? So we have 115 onboarded and- Congratulations. Thank you. And I just got note that I had had a first interview last week and Jason back at the office manning the ship for me just met with two more and they are starting on Saturday. Congratulations. Yeah, so So super exciting. How long in your- uh, time as an owner, time as a team leader, had you been fantasizing about having 100 plus agents? It has been this like elusive milestone. And I have spoken to like, I've got my accountability group every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And mm. I would say like, I'd get to like 100 and then I dip to 90, right? Because yes. of yes. the, the way that normal attrition happens. Yes. And I'd get to 105 and then I'd dip to 85. Yes. Or I'd get to like 99 and then I'd dip to 95. And it was I think you and I have been talking about it for probably the better part of a year. Yes. And then yes. I would get there and I could never quite crack it. Yes. So yes. it's been a long time. Yes. Yes. So how does it feel to be at that number now? <laughs> I mean, do you get some sense of reward? It, yes, but um, then I'm always like, that's not good enough. Well, right? we talked about in that session a couple of times ago, which was like, well, at this pace, where could we be if you maintain right. this? Right. So, so I'm not asking you to make a public declaration on the podcast. I think you should acknowledge that what you've done has been remarkable. It is a, Thank you. I think for anyone listening, it is, wow. Okay. So I'm a experienced veteran in the high end on the West coast where things have been a little complicated and challenging, but I'm not 
calling even my past clients, let alone right. doing it two to three hours a day, right? And then we we have friends that we know in the industry that do that, and they seem to be outperforming the market. There is that correlation right now of of just velocity, work ethic, making the calls, it's whatever huge. you want to call it. It's all of that. So, so what were the biggest mistakes you made doing it? Looking back, if you had to start over again, what would you have done to accelerate results faster? Mm -hmm. Let's talk sort of tactically about just, you know, all things attraction, because that's really what we're doing. We're going direct to consumer, direct to agents. It could be FISBOs, expired, it could be past clients, it could be circle dialing, it could be 8 million other things. It's all the same. What would have sped it up? What were some of the early mistakes? So the first was not spending enough time understanding the script for the avatar that I was calling. Mm -hmm. And the, so on the recruiting side, right, yes. every agent has a different, an agent on a team might be an expired, they didn't have a right. great you know, right. experience yeah. on another team. An agent who has had decreasing production is a different avatar versus right. uh, the brand new into the industry agent, right. right? And so same thing with calling buyers and sellers, being able, if I hit a, a seller from a cold call with an expired script, it's not going to work. No. Right. No. Um, and if I try to hit a first time buyer with a move up size, move up buyer script, it's not going to work. Right. So being really clear on who I was calling. And, and just to point out, and just one generic script across all also will only work now and then. Correct. So always rule number one is know thy customer. 100%. Right? Who am I contacting? What are their pain points? Could you use or have you used things like ChatGPT to say, let's create an avatar? So yes. real estate agent in New England who last year sold 15 homes is now sitting at three halfway through the year. What are the pain, emotion, feelings? What are the conversations they're having inside their head about the business? And let ChatGPT go, and then say, can you convert that into three opening lines and five opening, like have you done any of that stuff? So I, did a, I didn't go to the last step. I did yeah. do what are the pain points yeah. and what are some of the emotions? Yes. Um, and that just ties into how do I get them to engage, yes. right? What right. are the basics? How do I speak directly to their pain and into their heart and head? Yes. Right. And get them to it. Because if I'm cold calling you yeah. and just starting with a conversation, it's really hard to want to talk to me if I'm not speaking to something that's current in your existence. All right. So I'm putting you on the spot. So uh, last year I sold nine houses. Yep. I did uh, $7 million in sales and I am at... Uh, two closed and no escrows right now. And it's almost July 1st. Yep. Ring, ring, ring. Hello. Hey, Tom, this is Lisa with Chinati Realty. How are you? Hey, 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 Lisa, what's going on? Well, listen, Tom, I'm reaching out because I know that you are a super successful agent in the greater Boston area. I know last year you had an amazing year and we've got a really great opportunity that's opened up as our lead generation has really increased heading into the summer market. Something that I've been hearing from agents much like yourself is that if you only had more opportunities directly face to face with somebody who's looking to buy or sell in today's market with the rates where that where they're at, that that would be beneficial to you. Would you be open to a conversation about how this could help you? I'm, are you recruiting me right now? Is this like a recruiting call? Potentially, if I can have, if I have some options that will help you increase your business, earn more money and potentially have a little bit more fun, would it be worth five or 10 minutes? Now for my listener, I was literally sitting there thinking about what would it be like to have had seven paychecks and be sitting here in June, having a conversation with my wife and kids about summer plans. I've only had two closings. I have no listings. I have no escrows. And, and I just, that, just that I was just staying in that and you're like, and there's just an opportunity opened up leads, 
appointments, it's hard to say no to that. What are right. the most What are the most common objections you get with a line like that, like or an opening statement like that? So the first is, you know, I'm happy where I'm not uh, happy where yeah. I'm at. I'm not yeah. open to an opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. And I think one of the mistakes that I see, even my own recruiters, when we're not role playing mm -hmm. enough through it, make is that they're like, okay, right? It's just yeah. like the seller who's not interested right now. Yeah. Um, How do you get beyond? So I, you, we would call that the smoke screen. No. Right. Right. Because no one says, "Oh my God, I'm desperate. Thank you so much for calling. Let's get started." Right. Never. But they say, yeah, I'm, I'm good right now. I love my broker. Like everything's fine. Cause that's just a, a you know, I don't want to actually say I'm so far behind. Right. No, never. So how do you go beyond that? So it's a lot of just, it's fascinating because we're here at this Phil Jones event kind of mm -hmm. talking about questions Yes. and it's a big part of it. And it's kind of reading the, the tone of the person on the other side, yes. right. And being able to ask a question, you're happy where you're at. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. You know, how do you find navigating this market? You know, some of our agents have really been struggling and, you know, or whatever kind of tone you open up with, whether yes. it's mad or frustrated right. or just like really low energy. And the more that we can ask questions mm -hmm. and then get them to lead us down to every, it, I know if I've pulled up your stats yes. and you sold 9 million last year, yes. And you've only closed two. Yes. I know something's wrong. For sure. I just need to get you to open up. Yeah. And you can't just go, hey, look, I know you're only at two closed nope. and you know, you suck. Like right. So it's there is, I think, so much empathy required, right? And sort of emotional intelligence to have that conversation without disclosing, I know you're in trouble. Because <laughs> because the truth is you always have to put yourself in the other person's shoes. They might be the the husband of a high powered, you know, executive. Yep. And the fact they did nine deals last year meant absolutely nothing. Right. And it's just play money for them. Right. So it's, it's really 100%. the, it's the empathy, it's listening, it's exploring, um, and getting over that hurdle. Cause it's no different from, you know, you and I are like, Oh my God, we need an outfit for tonight's, you know, thing. We're going to Dave Spell tomorrow. Let's race in the mall. And someone goes, hi, can I help you? We go. All set. <laughs> no, we're just looking. Right. <laughs> Which is what everybody does. You got to get over that. So, that was very nice. What was the hardest part in the in the ego of a CEO of a company to go from, you know, the shiny office, the big desk, uh, all those spreadsheets to out on the sales floor with your team making phone calls? Imagine if you could sit down over the course of three days with 82 different agents and team leaders who combined sold more than 6,000 homes in the last 12 months, where they broke down in detail how they generate a steady flow of listings in this market. Everything from the marketing they use, the checklist to get it done and organized and be consistent, the scripts and dialogues, the follow-up strategies, the tools, and more to implement it. That is my promise of this year's Success Summit. In this environment, you can no longer be asking yourself how. Instead, you've got to find plays that work and simply run them. Race to TomFerry.com, book your reservation. Make sure that you absolutely position yourself above and beyond in your marketplace, truly becoming the market of one. So it was twofold. Um, the first is the drunk monkey. And I lived with this one for a while, mm -hmm. which is my agents don't want to see the company grow. Right. Oh, yeah. And I think that. How to get over that story. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, I mean, it's understanding, I think, you know, when you've got the right people, one of the things that we talk about within mm -hmm. the company now mm -hmm. is that we're, we're in partnership. Right. right. And right. our partnership enables us to both do big things. And mm -hmm. the bigger the company gets, the bigger it helps us help our agents become. Yes. And they've become some of my biggest cheerleaders, right. which has been really kind of fun. Right. Um, and so the first part was getting over that drunk monkey that they're not going to want to see it. 
The second one was, they're going to think I suck on the phone, right? <laughs> and like... <laughs> Yes, I get that. I get that. <laughs> right? Like, right. legitimately, that was the other one. I actually don't mind. I love sitting out there because I think it enables us to kind of, we joke, right? And sometimes, like, they'll hear my side of the conversation and mm -hmm. I'll hang up the phone and I'll, mother, mm, right. he only sold two houses and he's telling me life is good and I know it's not, right? right? And the agents <laughs> laugh with me and we yeah. joke about it. Right. Um, but that has opened up, uh, I think, I sometimes got stuck in the I'm not approachable yes. kind of yes. vibe, yes. especially when you sit in the office and even though my walls are glass. And you have like three screens in front of you and you're, you know, knee deep in your spreadsheet trying to analyze some, you know, data point. Right. And like, so it's not exactly, it's focus. not exactly inviting for people like, Hey, got a minute. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. But so it's created this just yes. like really open, yeah. great thing. But I think one of the other things that I didn't anticipate that would come out of it that also helped move the company forward is I was hearing some of the conversations that was that were happening from the agents. Bingo. Um, so it became really great coaching opportunities. Yes. Um, not just about their scripts, which is I think sometimes what they thought mm -hmm. that I was just going to be sitting there listening to them and that in the first couple of weeks, everybody was kind of nervous to make calls around me, yes. which I found fascinating. For sure. Well, intimidating, right? Same reason of the intimidation, just in reverse. Right. But then is it like, as we were, as I was sitting out there and I could hear people talking about transactions or talking about like struggles that they were having and it opened up these really cool group discussions. And it, I think has kind of helped our retention. Yes. I think it's helping recruiting. I think it's helping our deal stickiness. I think it's helping us get more offers accepted. It's creating like this really cool collaborative um, culture. I get it. I get it. So it's hard to, it's hard to sit with someone that doesn't have a strong reason or motivation to do something and say to them, knock on doors, make phone calls, do open houses, buy leads, send an email, check in with your past clients, throw a party, do anything, right? Just do smoke signals, right? Yep. How, how have you at this stage of your career continued to light the fire? And what advice do you have for the listener who might be like, okay, I get it. Like I've seen her on stage and oh my God, but you know, she's always, you know, I just, uh, I've just, the last couple of years have just been hard. It's been, you know, I, I ran a million miles an hour, you know, now it's a different hard and, and, and we get it. Like I get it. You get it. You get it. Like if you don't have some level of emotional energy, fire in the belly, it's hard to do the things that are uncomfortable. So what advice do you have? What have you done? And what advice do you have for the listener to, to just ignite the fire again? So I think for me, I, big epiphany that I've kind of had also through this first half of the year is that I need to always kind of be doing something different. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. I think if it, I think when you get stuck in the monotony of it or just kind of seeing it as I'm always working with buyers or I'm always just listing the same thing mm -hmm. over and over, I think that that's where it gets really tricky. I think if you can kind of look at it and say, is there an extra skill that you're layering on? Right. Is it moving the needle? Right. Um, part of kind of what you and I have talked about is the what's beyond real estate. And mm -hmm. that really, I think is, it was a great conversation that we had last week. Yeah. Um, because it's going, it's pushing me already to see beyond yeah. it um, in a different way. And so being able to see much bigger picture has been like game changing. And yes. there's a lot that I think is still going to unfold with that. Oh, yeah. 
Um, we're not talking about that yet on the show, though. We're not. Yeah. No, okay. no. But we will say that that I said to you, I've had three moments like that in my career as an advisor, as a coach, mentor, whatever, whatever, whatever. And I knew that that conversation was the third one when we had it. Yep. It will. I in that conversation, like the emotion is real. Yes. Like, and I don't yes. often feel that. Yep. Um, yep. So. The emotion there will carry me through right. to the end. Right. Um, and I think after that conversation, whole new pivot on it, right? So, Big time. but finding that, that one thing that it was like, this is going to, it's the same thing we talk about with our agents. What's the why? Right. And right. I, I think being able to understand that it changes over so, time. So I'm going to say to the listener who's like, what's the grand reveal? Like, we'll, we'll share when it's when, when the timing is right. But here's the context, right, for you. What Lisa said is exactly right. Jay Abraham, my mentor and friend forever, would say every business, right? It's I, I forget who said it first, and it'll come to me, is every business is about innovation and marketing, right? And the yeah. second you stop innovating, doing something new, right, you get stale. And the second you stop marketing, you go out of business. So it's that constant battle of new innovation, but the right, you know, the right innovation, choosing the right next new. Right. So, so ask yourself, when was the last time you added something new to your business that you knew was right? You knew it was going to bring value to the consumers. You knew you were going to do more business. And you also knew that you had to learn a lot to get there, right? right? That you couldn't just implement it, right? That you would have to go through the J curve and that whole experience mm -hmm. to get to that level of success that you wanted. Jay, Jay would say to me all the time, every 18 months, you have to ask yourself, how am I disrupting myself? Yes. How am I disrupting my own business? Because trust me, there are thousands of agents in your marketplace that are trying to figure out how to take you out, not in a bad way, but they just want every transaction that you're doing, yeah. right? They want like, and you know it because the person watching and you know it because you looked at others in your market and said, put a bullseye on their back, let's go, right? So if you're not innovating, right? Yep. But innovating with the right purpose, innovating with the customer in mind, in this case, the customer is your agents, right? Correct. And you might say the customer is, you know, my buyers and sellers. So that's one. But but the other thing is going back to like, TikTok, TikTok, life is short. What's my real legacy gonna be, right? Yep. That was kind of the dialogue, like, okay, you're successful, right? And you know, you and your husband and your daughters, like you guys have created this magical life, but you're also very young. Right. So, so what's next and, and not for the person listening, what's next, go lead the industry. What's next that will give more purpose to what you're doing more like transcend beyond like, of course, I'm going to make my phone calls or of course I'm going to do this because I'm doing this for that. Right. That's when it starts to connect the dots. That's where I go back to uh, my other mentor, Mike Vance and his partner, Diane Deacon. They would say every one of these amazing companies we ever worked with like the the founder had something that was beyond just the widget of what they were selling or Walt Disney, you know, creating theme parks. He just wanted every kid to smile, right? right? So so working 37 hours a day meant nothing to Walt because it was about all these kids smiling, right? And how many kids are there? Well, there's a couple billion, so I got to get to all of them, right? So, and, and that I think is what we're talking about here, right? Yep. So so as we wrap this up, it's almost, uh, it's almost July. I'm going to challenge you. On December 31st, 2023, how many agents will you have in the business? Happy, productive, selling houses and rocking. Minimum 175. The ideal world is is 200. And I think some of it's going to be the seasonality. For sure. For so sure. But this is five to 200. I love that number. And this has been an interesting year because in years past, any, any recruiter would tell you that it's more the end of the year when agents want to make a move. 
But what we've seen through the pandemic and certainly through this year is that sort of the agent migration patterns have changed dramatically. That it, it's, it now it's just like, I'm ready, let's now. I don't have any listings, I don't have any escrows. Like there's, there's still that element of, of when most people would make a move, but you're seeing it a lot more frequently now. I'm not recommending that you switch companies. I'm just letting you know, like that's more the migration pattern today. So 175 to 200? Yeah, totally. I love it. All right, closing thoughts for the person listening? Oh, I think just do it. Action, right? Like yeah. it's getting out of your own way and taking action yes. on whatever it is. Yeah. And starting small, it doesn't have to be going from doing no phone calls to doing five hours a day of phone calls. And the small incremental change of no phone calls to an hour a day of phone calls yes. is enough to move the needle. Yes. And I would say the reminder of the the great study that says when you drop somebody in a forest and they find themselves intentionally lost, you're putting them in a place where they don't know where they are. 90, 95% of the people will walk aimlessly in circles, usually based upon what leg is right or left dominant or what leg no right or left is smaller than the other, even by like a millimeter. And they will just they will go in circles and they will find themselves saying this. I've been here before. Yep. I, I've seen that tree. And they're just walking aimlessly, circles, circles. And I, I liken that to how many people I know in the industry, how many CEOs have found themselves, you know, salespeople, business leaders like you, repeating the same year over and over and over and over. And when you do the research on this and you look at the studies, what they all say is, the, the people that weren't that aimlessly walking in circles, they're not bad people. They're just walking in circles, right? The other ones had a reference point. They said, uh, okay, the sun's setting over there. I'm gonna walk that way. The sun is rising over here. I'm gonna walk that way. That appears to be the tallest mountain. That line of trees seems to be more significant. So there's a pretty good chance that there's water there. And if I find the water, I can follow the path. They had a point of reference. They had an intention, a purpose, a goal that was super important to them. And I would make the argument when you look at the stats on the MLSs today, which I'm gonna reveal at the summit this year, that a lot of people are gonna freak out because the delta between the rich and the rest got much more extreme this year than it ever has, especially oh, on the listing attraction side. Mm -hmm. And and I would make the argument, it is a few people have a reference point, a direction and a reason why they're going there. For these people lost in a forest, it was very obvious, survival. These people walking in a circle, they also wanted to survive, but they just kind of kept doing the same thing over and over again and never got that clear direction of where I'm going and then started marching their face off to get there. So I take the combination of the two and ask yourself, what are you going to do? Thank you always for being on the show. Thank you for making your public you. declaration. 175 to 200. Here we go. What's yours? Let me know in the comments and I can't wait to see you at this year's summit. See you soon. If you want more information about this episode, including my show notes, mentions, links, and everything else, make sure you visit tomferry.com slash podcast. That's tomferry.com slash podcast. Thanks again and talk to you soon.